Happy Monday, everybody. It's Labor Day here on the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. It is time to talk about All Out 2021. What a show it was. We'll get into all of it. Uh, before that, let me introduce uh, everyone. I'm Andy, sitting directly to my left in a uh, beautifully patterned Pier 1 Imports chair is Jenny. Hello. And 116 miles to our southwest, down in the Nasty Natty, as John as John from Cincinnati so eloquently put it last night. It's Megan. Hey. I hate that. <laughs> John. John Moxley, <laughs> I love you. I hate the nasty natty as a descriptor. It is. It's like, it's an unpleasant thing, right? Like, it just doesn't sound good. It no. is. Yeah. Ugh. So, uh, yeah. So, we're going to talk all about all the great wrestling we saw last night and all the exciting things that happened and, and all that stuff. But uh, before we do, let's start off with the same way we start off almost every episode. The Elite Beat. Pop of the week. Well, <clears throat> we have a special bottle today. We've never had this one. It comes from our friends who sent us a wedrinkbubbles.com box of champagne. Yep. And uh, it is a beautiful bottle. I don't know if you can see that. It's got oh, yeah, that is pretty. Yeah. I'm going to butcher the name. Give me to try. Of this. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I want to say that it is Lahert Frères, which would be the Lahert brothers, uh, Rosé de Munir. Uh, so it's, I would assume that that means it's made with Pinot Munir. Yeah. Uh, extra Brut. So the Lahert brothers, uh, Pinot Munir, Rosé, Extra Brut. It looks really beautiful. Yes, it is 100% Munir. Okay. All right, let me open it. Okay. I was going to say, and that's the end of the process. Put it I couldn't the find fridge. the opener. <laughs> How's it smell? Cork smells good. All right. Wine smells good. Megan, what do you have? Um, I decided to go the opposite and not do special. I got a can of Brut Rosé Bubbles uh, from Crafters Union. I have never seen this one before, but I was at Walgreens the other day. So, uh, I don't know. I think it looks pretty. It's like a oh, pretty can. Pretty. Yeah, Crafters. but I've never had it. So, this is, we do canned bubbles down in the natty. I refuse to use the qualifier. but I don't know. Canned bubbles might qualify you with that qualifier. <laughs> no. Well, let's, okay, let's. <laughs> I just say no. <laughs> Let's see how this baby sounds. Cracked. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Mm. Well, cheers, everyone. Oh. You yeah. guys are struggling. You got plastic. You're not, you're not going to get a good cheers out of that. We've got these cool uh, insulated, uh, double wall insulated mugs that you can put in the freezer before you put uh, champagne in them. I was going to say, that looks like fancy new drink apparel you've got going on. It was on Amazon's treasure truck last week. Oh. Well, then you've got to do it. Mm -hmm. I have my uh, Dean Ambrose Unstable 
koozie for my can. Well, that works. Yeah. Very fitting. I don't I think Pro so. Tees sells koozies, and they, I think they should because, uh, you know, you need you need like a John Moxley one to to go with that. It's true. It's true. All right. So, again, cheers, everyone. And uh, that was the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. Now, let us get into cameos. Jenny, tell us about the cameos we got this weekend. <clears throat> Our friends got us cameos for a housewarming party that we ultimately had to cancel. But we still got the cameos, and they were freaking awesome. So, Andy got one from... Well, we both got... Well, yeah, but I think one was tailored for you and one was tailored for me, clearly. Okay. That much is true. <laughs> so, I got a cameo from the Lady of London, Caroline Stanberry. Fashionably <laughs> late London Caroline Stanberry. That's right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Was uh, pretty awesome in her um, lack of preparation for her cameo. <laughs> See, I didn't watch that one because I got texted the link after the fact, you know? Uh-huh. Like, when we all assumed she just wasn't going to show up for it. So, I can believe a housewife just doesn't bother reading all the prep work required. Yeah. Are we allowed to play them? I don't. I think the sound quality would be really bad. No, okay. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, she did her cameo... As she was on her, like, going out to the gym. And, uh. Wow. <laughs> she did show us, like, a little bit of her home, though. And, and her dogs. Her dogs, which were cute. And she did say she has exciting news coming up. And she's not allowed to leave Dubai for a while. So maybe we're going to get a Real Housewives of Dubai oh. happening. I'm pretty excited about that. So we got, like, a little sneak preview. Yeah. So. And she did say that we were her type of people because we liked champagne and laughing. Yes. So I appreciated that. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was pretty. It, I, I truly. I'm going to go back and watch it now. As one of the part of the party that gifted it to you, I should watch it because, you know, <laughs> Carolyn, we hired you and uh, feel like maybe you didn't do as well as we would hope. Or maybe you did perfectly. I don't know. I'll watch it. <laughs> maybe you got exactly what Jenny wanted. No, it was great. I loved it. And then, like, I follow her on Instagram and right after I got the link, I saw her stories and she's like in the same outfit, like doing stuff in her car. And I was like, Oh, she's on her way to the gym. Like I was part of her real life. Like she told me what she was doing and then she shared it with the world. Yeah. And then the other one we got was from uh, Mick Foley, the same Mick Foley who uh, last night at 1153 PM tweeted out, have to give credit where it's due. AEW has assembled an incredible roster and no shortage of compelling storylines. Strong competition brings out the best in everyone. So that was a thrill for me as a longtime McFoley fan to receive a cameo from the man himself, wishing us a uh, a happy housewarming. And, and how he... did he wish you it? What was the format it took? Exactly. Well, first he uh, he changed characters before our eyes into Dude Love, and then sang a song. Uh, sang, he sang the Dude Love theme song to the the tune of the Dude Love theme song, but uh, it was about our uh, new home. New home. Yep. <clears throat> it was very new exciting. Home. I've never yeah. received a cameo before. 
It was and, uh, really cool. It's a really high standard now to live up to if anybody ever gets me one again. Yeah, I, I've had that song stuck in my head all weekend. I bet. I feel like Mick Foley went above and beyond what we expected from him. So maybe that's why Carolyn Stansberry had to kind of go below what we expected <laughs> to even out our, the spectrum of people we chose. Because I was like, when I saw Mick Foley, I was like, is this cam? This is cameo? Like, you, <laughs> this is good. This is high quality. I can't believe he took the time and effort to... I thought he was just going to say, hi, guys, welcome to your, you know, housewarming party. Uh, really happy for you or, you know, something short like that. But Mick Foley, man, he's he's a good dude. I liked him a lot. Yeah, he he went above and beyond. And it was um, very funny to see the the they were both amazing in completely opposite ways because <laughs> Mick, Mick took all this time to, like, write a song and knew why he was hired for cameo <laughs> yeah i don't want to like give you too much behind the scenes info but like on the form when you're buying it it doesn't say would you like a song you don't get to pick he just did that himself so that was that was really amazing that's awesome so that was delightful and uh and a, and a good way to set the table for the rest of our weekend and uh, so thank you, Megan, and, and the rest of those involved in, in the, the, those decisions. Yes, thank you. The real uh, legwork, I have to give credit, was uh, our one friend, our lady friend, who I won't say her name on air because privacy. You know, she probably wants privacy, but you know who I'm talking about, guys. She led the charge. So I'm not going to take credit for that. I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. It's time to talk about All Out. Now, first, before we before we get into uh, our uh, roses and thorns, our darts and laurels, uh, our goofuses and our gallants. Um, what? What is that and, one? Highlights. Did you never read highlights? Highlights as a child? for kids. Oh, I did the like <clears throat> search for. You didn't read the goofus and gallants comics where it was just like goofus always like uh, helps old ladies walk across the street. No gallant. Oh, Gallant, Gallant helps, helps old ladies lady. across the street. Oh, yeah, Goofus, Goofus shoves them in a ditch Whoa. and steals their wallet. It usually wasn't that extreme. But... <laughs> <laughs> no. I think Goofus probably just ignores them. But I remember reading that as a kid. And even at that young age, I knew, like, Goofus is such a fucking idiot. <laughs> Nobody's like this. <laughs> well, it's, it's truly the, uh, like, the reductive, like, choices you get to make in role-playing games right it's like either you're the 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 paragon of virtue or you're the worst person who's ever lived there's no there's no like middle choice no uh so megan you uh you were on vacay and the way that that kind of worked out because you were gone from like like a, a thursday morning to a wednesday night yeah you ended up missing two dynamites and two rampages so you you caught up on one dynamite and one rampage, but you missed out on last week's shows entirely. Uh, except for BTE, that one was easy to catch up on because you know, that's snappy. Yeah. Uh, so did you did you feel? And I, I'm seriously asking this because I've because you have never you've never missed an AEW like you know program before a main one, and I haven't either. Was it? Was it any different? Did you feel like you were missing out on anything like during the pay-per-view? Did you feel like information was not being communicated to you? There was only one thing I felt I missed out on, and that was seeing CM Punk do stuff, like physical stuff. Because when I saw the video package of that, 
where it was literally, I believe you said, dynamite and maybe a little stint on Rampage. Like, it wasn't a story-changing thing at all, but I felt really sad that I missed out on his actual, like, physical, like, debut. I saw him show up and talk, and that was amazing, and I loved it, but I didn't expect him to to have physical touch with anyone until the pay-per-view with Darby. So I was like, oh, I missed that little little thing. But story-wise, no. I think AEW did their job. The go-home show, I'm assuming, was just a lot of fun and probably didn't add anything extra because I don't I don't think anything that happened on the pay-per-view surprised me. Okay, cool. All right. Let's get into it. Darts and laurels. Uh, roses and thorns, I think we like to call them. Jenny, why don't you start off? with uh no you're making eyes okay megan why don't you start off with uh with your first uh rose all right i feel like i'm gonna cheat a little and go nebulous because i don't think it's a stretch to say that this was maybe their best pay-per-view or at least one of them i i enjoyed the show from top to bottom loved all of it so my rose is going to be that i think this pay-per-view really demonstrated how much we the fans benefit from finally having like a a full-on competitor to wwe because we got so much stuff from their mistakes (laughs) and i think like especially like we got ruby soho um we got cm punk a while ago which i know isn't directly a wwe issue but you know seven years ago was the catalyst to how he got here today and um especially adam cole signing because i believe we talked offline about one of the sticking points with his new deal with wwe was that they wouldn't let him keep his twitch channel and if that's your corporate bullshit that causes one of your big talents to just up and leave i like that he can i'm glad that he didn't have to compromise i think it creates a better environment for all of us as mick foley said i didn't know mick was gonna weigh in on it but i agree (laughs) with him and i just thought this is the first pay-per-view where look at how much stuff happened with WWE people, but not in like a, you know, not in like, oh no, now they're here or, oh, this is just WWE runoff. It was like good, cool things have happened. And I like all of them. It's like the, it's like the WWE people you'd want to see make the jump. Not the, not like people who feel like have been cast off. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't get the sense Tony Khan is like scraping the bottom of the barrel trying to get anyone who he can coming from WWE. I just think he's created a a welcoming company where people who are tired of the WWE's bullshit can finally say, you know what, it's not worth staying here. I can go somewhere else and try it. And maybe they'll go back in the future. We don't know, you know, but the fact that there's somewhere else for them to land and be just as prominent I think is good and hopefully helps people who are staying with WWE in their negotiating power in the future. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Jenny Rose. My Rose was the entrance for the Lutron brothers. Ooh. I loved it. It made them actually finally feel like big stars. And I liked that they did the contrast of, like, not giving the Young Bucks anything to do in their entrance. So, like, it wasn't like they were trying to one-up them. Like, it really showcased that Lucha Brothers are big stars. We got singers in. Those freaking feather headdresses were amazing. Loved it. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. I like that one a lot. They should have wrestled in the headdresses. Your turn. 
All right. Uh, and my rose is uh, seeing Minoru Suzuki in an AEW ring and oh. hearing all the fans in Chicago sing along to Kaza Ninare. And uh, it was, it was, it's, it was amazing because it was like, they liked Kojima. They were happy to see Kojima. They, they, that match had heat, but you could tell that Suzuki being there was like a whole different level. And, uh, and Suzuki's appearance and his, like his taking out John Moxley was very, very exciting. And I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that they're, they're doing that match on Wednesday in Cincinnati. I think it's going to be in- incredible. Yeah, that guy is very scary. Minoru Suzuki, yeah. very scary. Yeah, murder grandpa. Yeah. He he's got like the eyes that say, "I don't care if I kill someone in public, I'm not going to get arrested. I'll just leave." Yeah, yeah. He was. He has quite a terrifying presence. All right, let's do uh, let's do a round of thorns, Megan. Um, I'm gonna say, I didn't really love. The goofy gimmick where Aubrey missed seeing Jericho's foot on the rope as the the fake ending for that match because I don't really know what we gained from it. It made Aubrey look bad at her job and ultimately it was immediately turned over. It wasn't even like a long standing arc where we end that match and just say, you know what, that's that. We did it. And then that gives Jericho and MJF something to fight about in the future. It kind of was just like like a weird moment that didn't change the outcome. Because Jericho didn't even get the pin from surprising MJF after he was mad about that. They still fought more. So I just thought it didn't really make anybody look good. I, I, uh, I'm sorry. I totally disagree with you on that one. I, I think that I, I I love, I love stuff like that where, where you, 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 you get the fans going in one way and you get them like so upset because they think that this, this horrible thing has happened. But then like, then you basically like, then you like turn the entire mood around by reversing it, you know? And I, I didn't think it made Aubrey look bad. She was just, you know, she's one person and, uh, and her eyes just weren't on that part of like, weren't on his leg right there. I guess. But now do we have the concept of um, replay introduced into the mix? Now do we get that happening? I was hoping we would, but she didn't get a replay. Like I thought they were going to bring out like an iPad for her to look at. And then I was <laughs> super excited for the concept of a replay. And um, that is not what we got. I don't think you need to introduce the concept of replay or, or anything like that. As long as, as long as you don't overdo that kind of finish, then I, I think you could pull it out of the bag every couple of years, you know, and just do it once. All right. I accept your, <laughs> I will agree to disagree, but not like angrily the way people say it when they're angry. I just, sure. it didn't do anything for me, I guess. Megan, I'm on your side with this one. Thank you, Jenny. Jenny, I know what your thorn is, but uh, but you go right ahead because I know you. I know it's. I know you feel it deeply. I do feel it deeply. I'm really disappointed about this because the Young Bucks Lucha Bros cage match would have. I would have said would have been my favorite match. Period. No qualifiers ever. Yeah. Okay. Except for. So it was wonderful. It had everything you wanted. It had the high flying action. It had, you know, had the physical stuff with the cage. Ray Phoenix then, doing stuff on the walls, like banana yeah. superhero level. It was amazing. They did not need the stupid thumbtack shoe. 
it was so unnecessary and it's just it detracted from the amazingness of the match like I'm just I'm really upset about it because it was so unnecessary and it's like you have like this amazing this amazing thing and then you just shit all over it was it the thumbtack shoe or was it the blood because I feel like the the thumbtack shoe that then caused the blood well the blood started before the shoe well there was a little bit of blood from you know obviously like Penta had cut himself when Nick was trying to like get his mask off or whatever but it was specifically the thumbtack shoe that then took the blood to another level and then Nick cut himself too as well as Ray and it's just it was just so unnecessary there was a lot of blood under those masks I will say and poor Penta's children well they wiped up some of the blood with their clothing yeah they'll be in therapy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had no problem with the thumbtack shoe I like that shit We are always the dissenting voices <laughs> As the non-long-standing wrestling people I can't, I can't really like defend it Like you know It was just but... so unnecessary <clears throat> Like the, the match was like Just stand on The quality of your match You don't need these dumb gimmicks Like your match is already amazing You don't need a dumb gimmick like this Like just be confident in what Nick and Ray are able to do. And you don't need any of that other bullshit. Like the other two men in the match. That you just didn't <laughs> compliment right there. <laughs> the older <All> right. brothers. <laughs> Alright. Uh, so that takes us to my thorn. Which I have to say. Uh, doesn't really have to do with the quality of the show. But it does have to do with the quality of our viewing experience. As... Uh, Jenny and I and Megan all watched this on the Bleacher Report app, but we were in different homes and we were watching, you know, from the exact same source. And yet we were 15 seconds apart the entire night. And so I just, Megan, you handled it very well. I would not have handled it. I would not have handled it as well. Megan, you are so mature. If this, if we had been the ones that were 15 seconds behind, I would have the worst viewing experience because Andy would have pouted like a little boy the whole time. So you were so mature and so. Oh, it's fun. It was a joke. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, uh, I was like, okay, I can't really tell where I am in the show until things started happening and then I would hear Jenny gasp and I'd be I'd see somebody like pulling out a table or climbing up something high and I'd be like okay we're gonna get some payoff here and that's that's how I earmarked the moments in the show because I was like (laughs) I can't hear the tv I can't hear where they're at um but I do hear when Jenny has an audible reaction or Andy is like yes it was it was fun also you guys I will say you did so well at not spoiling the endings like you guys would be like that was a great match (laughs) so i knew the ending was coming up but it was like is it going to be the person i expect so (laughs) i think we uh coordinated that fairly well and i hope in the future bleacher report or whatever it was that was causing that delay like the internet between the two the difference in internet between us we're on different companies maybe they're maybe they're screwy that way but uh hopefully that won't be a problem in the future if they would just implement a pause feature, Andy and I could have paused for 15 seconds and then yeah. we could have synced back up, you know? Yep. Yeah. So, I will blame the app for that. That is yeah. a basic thing that I feel like you could probably put in there. 
Yeah. I'm not even asking to be able to fast forward or rewind. I'm just asking to be able to pause. Can we all just stop and get on the same page here? <laughs> all right. So those were our roses and thorns. Uh, as you can probably tell, well, aside from aside from Jenny, uh, no no major things to complain about on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I did think this was their best pay-per-view. And I am so grateful, like Megan, like you said, that it's finally like a high a higher caliber of, like it just feels like we've got a higher caliber of talent right now and that it's really going to be a compet a true competitor and hopefully surpass um the qual like well certainly the quality of WWE but hopefully the mainstreamness of it as well if you just if you just like look at who wasn't on this show that they didn't even have to use they didn't you didn't have hangman page you didn't have Cody. You didn't have Malachi Black. None of them wrestled on this show. You know who they could have not used? QT Marshall. <laughs> and Paul White. Okay. But but did you come around on that? I did. That match was fine. It was just... it With such a loaded card, you just didn't need it. And it just made things go... It's just... It's really hard to stay up until midnight, guys. Like, well, it's hard. Jenny, Imagine if Pac and Andrade still had their match because didn't that get canceled at the last minute because of Pac's travel like problem? I'm, I'm starting to think that's a storyline and that they just like straight up false advertised the. Uh, well, I guess they did change the. They they did make it clear that that wasn't happening anymore before the show, but um, but I think it's all storyline. I think they just decided that the show was too packed and they needed to move something. They, they, it would be a good match for Rampage, you know. Okay, well, yeah, because that is one thing I missed out on, not having watched those things, is I learned at the time of the pay-per-view that that match was no longer happening <laughs> when yeah. Andrade came out and said, or, you know, we can't. Andrade said, I, yo, I canceled his flight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and then they mentioned, like, the Lucha Brothers canceling their fight, and it must have been a past reference, but I was like, Are, is the Young Bucks Lucha Brothers match not happening? So that would have been indefensible if yeah. they, if they like, <clears throat> just said, yeah, anyway. <clears throat> Uh, so let's get into the show. Uh, we open with a uh, a was it, it was a ten ten man tag team match on the pre show. It's uh, best friends and uh, Jurassic Express mm-hmm. versus Private Party, Hybrid Two, and Matt Hardy. Yes. And I didn't really see much of this match. So Megan, like, like anything, anything when, stick out to you? When you see it, were you just eating? Was it the cheese? Plate? You guys, you guys were still getting set up. It was like it started right at seven thirty. Um, but <clears> I mean, <throat> that's okay. Like, it was a good match, but it's it was a good match in the way that opening matches in AEW tend to be good and good at getting the crowd hyped. I mean, it's a bunch of high flyers doing stuff you know and the good guys win so i thought it was a good way to set the mood going into the night like just kind of a fun thing yeah who got the did jungle boy get the pen or did orange cassidy get the pen i honestly can't remember i feel like it had to be jungle boy though they played jungle boy's music okay yeah and people people were singing along to it so i feel like the crowd got hot like right away so. This was this was like this was an all time great wrestling crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I I was so impressed given how many shows AEW has run in Chicago over the last two weeks. Yeah, this crowd was there for it. Yeah, 
And if we're, um, you know, doing subtle digs against WWE on our praise of AEW, uh, there were no CM Punk chants until CM Punk was actually in the ring. That's right. Yeah. And he was not the first match. So this crowd did not uh, try to hijack the show. I thank you, crowd. Please continue being you. Because, because AEW does not have an adversarial relationship with its audience. Thank God. I, I need that to still <laughs> remain because if the crowd starts being dicks to people in the ring, I'm not going to like it anymore. Now, seeing seeing that, do you does it does it soften your 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 feelings that you've had in past years about bad about bad crowd reactions? Okay, first of all, don't don't air quotes it. There are bad crowd reactions. It's that's the definition. Um, but yeah, it does because I think my big issue was always with the main like Raw SmackDown crowds because they were just straight up assholes. Like when I'll never forget poor Ray just getting booed because he wasn't Daniel Bryan in the Royal Rumble. Like that pissed me off. Um, but even like the NXT crowd, the Full Sail people. No offense if you're a listener who went to Full Sail, but you guys were dicks. You thought you were in some sort of special club because the NXT occurred on your campus and you always got to have tickets. I didn't nearly need to hear like this is wrestling or how much you love yourselves. I just don't. <laughs> as long as AEW doesn't get that level up their own ass in the crowd, I will be fine with it. Megan, you know, um, if Tony Khan had been booking that Royal Rumble, I think Dan O'Brien would have been the number 30 entrant. Yeah, I think Tony Khan knows how to book wrestling. <laughs> he knows Sorry. how to give his, his audience what they want. Guys, I did really like that Royal Rumble, though, where um, Brock Lesnar just beat up, like, the first 20 people. Yeah, I mean, like, that, that was, was great. pretty great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good booking. Nobody's but arguing that. that. Yeah. That's largely what Vince wanted, too. <laughs> you know, like, it was just kind of lucky that what the crowd wanted was what Vince wanted as well. Because there's one that takes priority, and uh, and that's when the crowd gets mad. So I hope Tony Khan can continue to maintain a, like friendly relationship with the crowd and i hope he doesn't you know i think he likes making people happy and doing even if it's expected giving people the feel-good moments i think it also helps that he's in the same age bracket as his audience i think that always helps when you're like a contemporary of who you're trying to sell a product to. He's in the key demographic. Yes. <laughs> he is a male between, what is the key, 18 to 40? 49, right? Or 9? Yeah. it was 18 to 49. That's such a wide range, but yeah. yeah. Um, so we open with a TNT title match as Miro defends against Eddie Kingston. Miro's thighs, guys. Good lord. And his bicep. Like, I thought a tennis ball was coming out of his bicep. That was terrifying when he got Eddie in the headlock and it was like pushing against Eddie's cheek. It's like, <laughs> ah, get your muscle out of my face, bro. <laughs> this was uh, absolutely my kind of match. Two big guys just clubbering each other, hitting each other really hard. Eddie turned Miro's chest into hamburger with chops. And also his, like, one rib. His one side was yeah. I don't just, know. I don't know what I don't know what that. Eddie did there, but yeah, man. But these two just beat the hell out of each other for a good long time. Looks like it went thirteen twenty two. Uh, they did a little bit of uh, shenanigans at the end with the turnbuckle pad and uh, the referee getting distracted, and that allowed Miro to hit a low blow 
and uh, kick Eddie in the head and, and get the pin. But uh, I, I thought this was a really great way to start this pay-per-view with just like high intensity, mm-hmm. hard hitting match. Eddie Kingston has uh, been one of the best surprises of the past year, I would say. Yes. He's really endeared himself to me and to, I think the whole audience, like the crowd was super into Eddie. He was beloved. Yeah. yeah. This is my think... favorite Eddie Kingston match. I'll say that. I think so too. Yeah. And it didn't even have John Moxley in it. No, but you know, somewhere he was rooting for his buddy while he prepared to <laughs> destroy bread club. Now there was no, we didn't get, uh, we didn't get CJ Perry. I'm so sad. Lana wasn't there. I, think lana has so much charisma i always like i never enjoyed her wrestling too much on wwe but i thought she's a great talker she oozes charisma she looks great looks great like she just like she can emote with her you know face and and her you know hand motions and everything i i think she's an awesome asset i hope that i hope i hope to see lana Mm-hmm. And I hope to occasionally see her in like a mixed tag or something <laughs> like that. But um, like a casino battle royal. <laughs> yeah. I, I, to be fair, I haven't seen her wrestle in several years, but it was a little rough when she was first starting. Cause it was just so sad. Cause like, she's so good at what she was doing. And then the wrestling was kind of like, ah. yeah. So I don't know if she's going to come in, but uh, she was not here last night. It was sad. At least not on camera. She may have been backstage. Yeah, she could have been backstage, yeah. Uh, There were a lot of people backstage that we didn't know about until the end of the show. So, (laughs) Uh, Next up, uh, we had John Moxley taking on Satoshi Kojima. Uh, I don't know that we're not getting an official Bread Club t-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees, but because uh, it looks like the new shirts from, like, like there's no, none of the new people have shirts available yet. Not even... I'm all elite, baby. Nope, it's That's not, up, not there. up yet. No, Damn. I'm, I'm thinking maybe they're making you wait until the sale is over. Um, yeah, I want a bread club shirt. <clears throat> yeah, she'll pay Guys, full price for that shit. Holy hell, does he look great? Kojima looks fantastic for yeah. a 51 year old man. Bread, guys, we should all be eating more bread. <laughs> I don't know what, what my the problem said. is. I eat what? a ton of bread and I don't look like that. <laughs> He just looks like he just looks like a solid. He looks like the kind of guy that like I bet John Moxley wishes like when he's you know in like in like thirteen years when he's that age he's like I wish I could, I hope I have that body at that at that point in my life. You're he from the Midwest, bro. Yeah, your body's only going to expand outwards. Yeah, well, our bodies aren't built like that. He Kojima <laughs> looks uh, solid as fuck. Uh, he. He was. I, I was so happy to see him. I know that you guys, you know, you only, you only really know him through Bread Club tweets, but I'm sure you were both happy to we to, were. to get a chance to see him do his thing. I and thought his I, gear and his uh, ring, like the jacket he wore to the ring, were really sharp. I, like I didn't. I've never seen him wrestle. Only the Bread Club, and I thought, even if you're a bad wrestler, you look really cool. But then he <laughs> turned out to be good. So, guys, that one move he did in the corner turnbuckle thing, where he like jumped up. Or jumped up. The, he did the really cool move off of the ropes when he had Moxley in the corner. I don't remember this. Can you describe what it looked like? No, but you know he did a lot. Are you of talking cool about? Stuff. Are you talking about when he like kind of like like deadlifted Moxley? Yeah, but he like and then superplexed him. Yeah, I think so. Okay, but it was <laughs> up against the the corner. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you do. That's when you do a suplex off the turnbuckle. It's called a superplex. Okay. Yeah. He was, you know, like he didn't look out of shape, but he was sneaky strong. You deadlift, deadlift Moxley. That he's dense, you know. It's yes. Pretty good. So he never, he never hit his, uh, his lariat with his right arm, which Excalibur kept pointing out. That's 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 the deadly one. He hit the left arm one, but he couldn't finish Moxley with that. But he didn't get a chance to hit the right arm lariat because Mox hit him with the uh, paradigm shift, and then he pulled him back up and hit the uh, the lifting variation that uh, they called the Death Rider, and uh, and got the pin with that. And, yeah. Uh, it was really good. And uh, Kojima, after the fact, <clears throat> tweeted out, I don't really remember how I fought because I was absorbed in the fight with Moxley. His elbows, punches, and kicks were intense. I am grateful that I am still alive now. Oh. And then, however, it's been a while since I heard such a big cheer. Japanese arenas have remained quiet since the coronavirus epidemic. So yesterday, I was really surprised and happy. Thank you. And then, bread is justice. Bread emoji. <laughs> <laughs> you only get a. It's not 140. What is it? Up to 280. I feel like he used all his characters and the yeah. the touching parts. So yeah, that was so that was delightful. We were we were really on a roll with this pay per view now, and then, uh, like. So uh, Minoru Suzuki's video started playing. This crowd knew exactly what it was. They reacted to him like he's a superstar. They sang his song, Kaze ni nare, and uh, he came down. And Moxley sold this so well, like mm-hmm. the, hearing the music and seeing the video, his eyes bugged out of his head, like he was like, like this is the last person in the world he wanted to see right now. He went, oh fuck. Yeah. And uh, he and Suzuki and Moxley like get in the ring. They stare each other down. They throw big forearms back and forth. Finally, Suzuki gets the better of it and puts him in a choke until he chokes him out and then turns around and pile drives him. He <clears throat> lifted Moxley so for so technically. I've never seen anyone like actually like get him bent that far over and then lock both of their hands together like that. I've never seen like that yeah. technical of a setup. And then he just, like, fucking lifted him up. Like, he was nothing. Yeah, he's a strong guy. And he's older than yeah, Kojima. Yeah, he's older than Kojima, yeah. God. Yeah, an MMA pioneer, too. He he looked like he could kill you. Yeah. Like, yeah. he looked scary. Very Absolutely. threatening. I like it. I saw Taikanti took a photo with him last night. She was very excited because she, oh. she, uh, she, she really studies uh, New Japan tapes hard, so. Oh, that's great. And, you know, she's a she's a shooter too, so Yeah. I'm assuming he did some form of the the martial arts she practices, right? Probably, yeah. Uh so that was cool. After that we get the AEW women's title match with uh, Dr. Britt Baker DMD taking on Chris Statlander. I I thought that like the last couple minutes were really good. I, I didn't I was having trouble getting into it before that, but they 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 did get me by the end. Um I know that uh, you both were very liked the uh, the uh, what they called the Pittsburgh Sunrise. I liked that a lot. Which uh, turned out to be a very direct foreshadowing for what we would see later in the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like maybe the first half of this 
their timing was a little off. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't seem like things were quite connecting quite like they weren't like meshing too well, but then they, they turned it around and I really liked the, the ending. I thought it really picked up and everything. Yeah. 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 I like Chris Statlander and I think Jenny said it, maybe described it best when he said she's like tentative the way Luchasaurus is after he came back from his injury. So I'm hoping if it's not a matter of her injury still hurting when she's doing stuff that she'll, kind of get back into it because I really liked her before she was out. And I thought it was a shame that she kind of got taken out right when she was on the rise. Uh, So I, but I like her and I also really enjoyed orange Cassidy in her corner because I think they're cute friends. I'm so happy that they get to hang out as best friends together. And when orange, when she was laying on the outside, getting counted out and orange finally decided to break his super laid back, apathetic, lifestyle and just pull the glasses off and and start shouting get up get up get up come on i love that that was like a fun little interaction that was very Uh, cool and that only works because he's like he's so good at staying in character for like you know for these past what like two years of AEW. like so when you finally see him do something like that it means a lot more yeah and he did it's not like he opened with it as soon as the counting started he kind of stood there and like did his orange like looking at her and then when it got closer to 10, that's when he finally was like, it's time. <laughs> and he ripped the glasses off and transformed. But then he went right back to being apathetic. So good for him. I just like their relationship. I think they're cute. They're cute. Yeah. Yeah, I hope she I hope she comes back fully from this injury and, like, gets more into the swing of things. And Because um, I have noticed her being a little bit more tentative and slower that she's back from her injury. So hopefully it's she's young. I think it'll, you know, just take a little bit of time to get back into the groove of things and get her body all back. So, yeah, I can't blame her. I mean, I like don't have major injuries, but, you know, I bend my finger back too far and it hurts a little. And I'm like, oh, God, I can't use that for another week. Like, <laughs> I, I can understand maybe not going full force on something you've had major surgery on, like, you know, your knee and with the brace and all. I, I get it. But I think she's so athletic and talented and had all of this cool, like, you know how, like, Penelope does more gymnastic level stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought Chris was also kind of in that camp and. I think she can do a lot of cool things. I just hope she she starts to have confidence in herself again, if that's yeah. what it is. And she's really strong, too. So, Oh, my God. When she – there was a moment when she had Britt up on the top turnbuckle, and she was getting her up, and Britt kind of like – it looked like Britt was going to fall off the top. She muscled her up, not into a perfect-looking superplex, but she saved her life and got her back into the ring. <laughs> And that was really impressive because that's just sheer, like, strength. Core strength, yeah. 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 Uh, next up, we had the segment with Andrade and Chavo and uh, the Taylor guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, basically saying, like, saying without saying that they were the ones who had uh, canceled Pac's flight. And uh, they're going to they're gonna wrestle on Rampage, uh, which is which be a hell of a match for that show, I think. Yeah. Uh, next up, we get the AEW World Tag Team Titles cage match with the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers. And Megan, this is like the one thing I really wish you had seen from this past week's Dynamite was the closing angle where all the baby faces were in the ring fighting with the elite. 
and they they got the the elite got the better of them, and then they had control of the cage, which was already they had already hung up the cage in the arena, and they lowered it, and they demonstrated with like all the other like kind of the lower tier baby faces, like the Dante Martins and uh, and and people like that, ran out and tried to scale the cage, and like Brandon Cutler would like spray you know them the eyes to knock them off and like and so it was just like it was showing like how like the cage was serving its purpose you know you couldn't you couldn't get couldn't get in couldn't get out like it was you know anyway it was a really strong angle but uh yeah as jenny mentioned in her rose the like first of all the entrance of the lucha bros Mm -hmm. not only the 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 costuming but uh you had mikey ruckus out there rapping who was that mikey ruckus the the first guy was mikey ruckus yeah okay it was like AEW's, uh, you know, one of their, like, he does a lot of the music for AEW, and he's he's very good at what he does. And then um, the uh, the second person who came out uh, is called Muelos del Gallo, um, and I'm not familiar with him, but uh, but he was, but I, I'm sure that he, you know, means something to the the uh, the Latinx community, uh, you know, to to some extent. Um, anyway. So yeah, so it was a really, really awesome. Um, it was a really, really awesome entrance, and then uh, the match. We got the match, and it was one of the best uh, cage matches I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen a million cage matches, um, but it was you know you can see a million cage matches, but then you see a cage match with the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers, mm-hmm. and then it's like, <laughs> and that takes it to a new level. And I, I was just saying, like I was thinking, like you know, two years ago at All Out they had the best tag team ladder match I'd ever seen. And so how fitting that exactly two years later, they'd have the best tag team cage match I've ever seen. So, Yeah. These two teams just please keep working together because they complement each other so well. And, you know, no offense to Cody, but when Ray Phoenix got on top of the cage and confidently threw himself off of it, (laughs) it was more impressive than, than Cody's let Jesus take the wheel. I'm just going <laughs> to not look and go for it. <laughs> Moonsault off the top. Um, both were impressive in the sense that, holy shit, you could die. But I thought Ray looked like he was fully present and planning to do what he did. Whereas Cody was like, we're just going to see how this goes. But, you know. Nick so- got up there too. I wish they had let him do something cool rather than just fall off. <laughs> I I was so worried was they were going to start fighting. You both up there. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I was like, I was sure, up. I was sure they were going to both like stand up on the the cage, and then Ray Phoenix was going to give him a Hurricane Rana off the like off the cage, and then like Penta and and Matt were going to have to like try to catch them. <laughs> God, that would have been so scary. Thankfully, they did not do that. But um, no, this was this was tremendous. Uh, we got new tag team champions, and it it was you know it worked like they the, you know nobody was able to get in to to interfere uh, the 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 cage the cage kept it all fair, and finally in a fair fight in the first fair fight they've had in a long time the young bucks couldn't uh, couldn't get it done. Well, I mean, they were able to get something into the cage. They did get the uh, as you mentioned earlier the thumbtack covered shoe because Brandon Cutler chucked it over the cage from the floor. Which... One of my favorite reactions Jenny had was, there's no way he's going to get that in there. As if Brandon Cutler doesn't know how to throw something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Uh, so great match here. Awesome, awesome for the Lucha Bros. They celebrated with their uh, with their families afterwards. Penta's daughters now have his blood not only in their veins but on their clothes. And uh, <laughs> they they took was, him to the back to get cleaned up. It, it's fine. Yeah, but he was yeah he was he especially was a mess. All right. Uh, next up, we have the Casino Battle Royale, and so the first suit we get. Uh, Hikaru Shida, Sky Blue, Emi Sakura, The Bunny, and Abaddon. It's and... sad that they've turned Shida into a YouTuber. Yeah. Like, we haven't seen her on television since she lost her title. Like, it's been months. It's been so when you, when you say YouTuber, you mean someone who appears on Dark and Elevation, not somebody who, like, Twitch streams or whatever. Yes, correct. <laughs> I was like, what is Shida doing on YouTube? She might Twitch stream. I don't know. Um, so let's see. I've got I've got like an order of eliminations here just to run through real quick. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. Sky Blue got eliminated first by Abaddon. Um, then Bunny tossed Abaddon. Uh, da, da, da. Then we get the next group. It's Anna J, Kira Hogan, Kylan King, Diamante, and Nyla Rose. Uh, Sheeta puts out Emi Sakura. Nyla Rose dumps Kira Hogan. And then also uh, Kylan King. Uh, Sheeta tries a Hurricane Rana on Nyla, and then she gets dumped by Nyla. So uh, next group, Thunder Rosa, Penelope Ford, Riho, Jamie Hayter, and Big Swole. I remember especially Thunder Rosa getting like a huge yeah. reaction. Um, she looked she awesome, out. too. Yeah. Just like new gear, cool face paint. She looked yes. ready. Uh, Jamie Hayter eliminates Riho almost immediately. Crowd was not happy about that. No. <clears throat> um, Swole eliminates Diamante. Then Hater uh, quickly right afterwards dumps Swole. Uh, and then the final group is Ty Conti, Jade Cargill, Red Velvet, Layla Hirsch, and Rebel. Uh, Red Velvet eliminates Rebel. Uh, da, 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 da. Bunny is eliminated by Anna J. Uh, Penelope Ford eliminates Anna J. After that, uh, then Jade Cargill uh, press slams Layla Hirsch over the top oh, and God. out. And and then we get finally the Joker. And it was the former Ruby Riot, now Ruby Soho, complete with the rancid song Ruby Soho as her, as her ring entrance music. It's really she 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 came out and it, it was like it was like a superstar the the music and the look and everything and the name it was like a superstar package they put together there. Yeah, yeah. and that that was uh, one of the bullet points I had under my like rose of like Ruby Soho like her reaction to the crowd she was clearly emotional and just happy to be there and I know she got let go of WWE not uh, with her expect you know she didn't expect to be let go and so it was so nice to see her get to turn it around and have people be like we love you <laughs> welcome mm -hmm. to a place that's going to appreciate you uh cargill eliminates eliminates jamie hater uh jade uh throws out red velvet uh nyla uh sneaks up behind jade and throws her out and let's see ty conti throws out penelope ford but then she gets thrown out by nyla rose uh so we're down to ruby rosa and nyla ruby rosa and rose interesting yeah 
they 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 uh, they get rid of uh, Thunder Rosa drop kicks Nyla off the apron, and we got Thunder Rosa and uh, Ruby Riot Ruby uh, Ruby Soho left, and they just do basically their whole sequence on the apron. Yep. And it was really cool. I they both got really close to touching the floor, and mm-hmm. I, to the point where I was like, I don't know why, but I got like I got nervous and like. <laughs> Um, but finally, uh, uh, Ruby gets a big kick on Thunder Rosa and knocks her off the apron and, and, and Ruby Soho is your winner and only the second ever, uh, person to win a casino battle Royale from the Joker, uh, position. All right. Nice. So, yeah. So she, uh, there's this great moment because, you know, it's a battle Royale. So their referees aren't really in the ring. They're kind of around the ring instead. And Bryce comes into the ring and like, raises her hand and he, did you notice this Megan they hugged and she she looks and she kind of looks up and then you can s- kind of see her mouth hi Bryce and then she's like crying and then she hugs him oh yeah that was so cute how does she know Bryce so they were like on the indies together like specifically Chikara where he was like the main referee of that promotion where she was yeah. uh, Heidi, Heidi Loveless yep she had James Bond villain yeah <laughs> So that I, I I really you know I think I, I think this is a company that generally does battle royals pretty well and I, I just I thought they did a really good job with this one. Yeah, I th- I think they balance out how many people are in the ring fairly well. Like uh, with the first round, they kind of cleared out enough that when the second group came in, it wasn't overwhelming. I never felt like I didn't understand what was happening. Like there was too much going on, and I couldn't focus. So I right. think they've got that part of the equation down in a way that i appreciate yes next up we have the final fight chris jericho versus mjf and uh this was long uh yeah this one this was uh went 2105 oh my god uh, it was kind of it was just kind of there for a while but i i think i think the end was like the last like few minutes there I thought they really picked up the pace. I think. Which part of the end? The first end or the second? The post. The post first. (laughs) Yeah, after the first, after the false finish, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So it would have been like, I guess, like the last three minutes where I thought really, really high-end stuff. I think Jericho was kind of saving it all for that because I think, unfortunately, I think that's kind of how he has to... (laughs) <laughs> he consumes when... his yeast in yeah. a different manner. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Trevor Dane, for that fabulous joke. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I don't have a lot to say about this. The crowd was the crowd was not much into it. I think they did not buy into the idea that Chris Jericho was going to lose and retire. Right. See, I don't like it when they put large stipulations on matches like that because then I don't buy into it. There was part of me that did in the sense that, like, I I bought into it not in that it was a huge, like, oh, God, are they going to do it? More of, like, this is how they transitioned Jericho into the announce position full time. And then, just like in comics, just because you're dead doesn't mean you can't come back. So, like, I figured they could find a loophole to that stipulation if and when Jericho decided he wanted to come back. But, like, as a regular full-time wrestler, I I don't know. It's like, do you really need to to keep wrestling like you could still lead the inner circle and you could just say i'm gonna go announce rampage and it's not like he's out of the company you know like to me the stipulation wasn't you're fired you can never show back up again it was like you're just gonna change what you do you're still gonna be around 
So are you, I mean, I guess what I'm thinking is, does that mean that you somewhere in your head still think that Cody's going to challenge for the world title someday? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't, if if he suddenly decides that fatherhood means he's going to step out of the wrestling ring, then fine, he won't. But I think that he made that stipulation knowing there's going to be a way to, to find a loophole if and when I want that to happen, you know? Okay. We're, I mean, we're coming up on two years of that. Like, I think he's probably going to win one of these, like, casino battle royales where then he gets the shot for it, so he has to. Don't you think? He'd win. He's, maybe not the casino battle royale, but some sort of I don't tournament think, thing. I don't think they do it with a battle royale. Hmm. Either that or, like, whoever is holding the belt at the time is demands he challenge. Like, they yeah. say, forget your stupid stipulation. I want to fight you. you got to come out here and face me. And then it's not like he decided to break the the I promise. Think, I think forced. the only way I think the only way you can make that work is if it's MJF who is the champion who demands it. Really? Yeah, because he's the one who he's the one who caused it in the first place. Because he's the one who who screwed Cody and threw in the towel in that match against Jericho. I guess that's true. But yeah, like, I I wouldn't fault them if that's the route they went. You know, like, I wouldn't be like, Cody, you promised. If Cody was the one who initiated it and said, you know what? Screw that thing I said. I'm just going to do it. Then I'd be like, well, you are a known promise breaker. <laughs> Tend to lie a bit. All right. Uh, so Jericho gets the win with the Walls of Jericho 2105. Uh, so he is uh, not going to retire from the ring here in AEW. Which makes sense. He's got. I still think he's got some money matches left before he goes, especially with some of the new folks who just came in. We'll I see. I'm, I was Go just going to say, I hope he's done fighting MJF, though. Oh, they, they can't. Yeah. They can't continue that. I'm yeah. over that. That has to be over. I was just thinking we saw two uh, over 50-year-old men prior to him, and... I feel like the bar has been set and maybe Jericho, if you're going to keep wrestling, you're going to need to get your cardio down. Okay. Mm. You're going to need to change your source of yeast from the booze to the bread or whatever. (laughs) Uh, Next up, we had uh, Darby Allen versus CM Punk in CM Punk's first match in seven and a half years. Can't believe this was not Megan's Rose, but, uh, I don't know, Megan. Why don't you why don't you start us off? Like, I feel like this is you know he's this is your this is your account. So uh, this is my boy. Uh, this is both your boys. Yeah. See, that's why I couldn't make I couldn't choose a rose. It's like choosing your favorite child. I mean, John Moxley was he earlier, and then you got Punk and Darby. I, I'm not gonna fault any of them, but I was so happy. I love this match. CM Punk did well. I don't know that I uh, like Jenny said the tights look is new. The boots make it kind of weird. I feel like he could do the tights, but maybe the boots are a little thick. The boots have too much puffiness in them. They look like child snow boots. Yeah, because like... But he can change that. For better or worse, one of my main thoughts was, well, what's his gear going to look like? <laughs> like, what's he going to wear? <laughs> like, I've oh. been thinking about that a lot, too. And then he came out in his gear, and Andy's like, what's his gear going to be? And it's like, you can see he's just going to take that hoodie off. <laughs> like, that's his gear. <laughs> I thought I thought that they I thought that they were like warm-up pants until he... I, until he yeah, yeah, like I, I could honestly, when you said that, I was like, oh, are they? Like I started looking closer. I'm like, are they billowy? Is is he going to take those off? But no, they. he's going for the pants look. And I don't know if it's because as we discussed, like 
everybody puts on a little COVID weight. Sometimes our thighs are not our favorite feature to look at, but he covered his. Um, but yeah, CM Punk can still go. Uh, the crowd was super into it. I loved his his interacting with the crowd. I love Darby's just full on emo boy. Like he sat in the corner and just like looked up at CM Punk the whole his whole entrance and all the celebration. He just had that that emo boy sad look. And then I thought it was cool that they did technical wrestling to start before Darby revved up and started doing his fast Darby stuff. Um, so I loved this. I was happy to see CM Punk win because I I am of the mind that with that big of a buildup, how can you not have him right. win? And in a couple surprising turns of events, Darby got booed. <laughs> like, yes. I was not expecting that. Um, he had the gall to mock CM Punk's like go to sleep motion and the crowd was pierced. They did not <laughs> enjoy that. <laughs> so I thought it was really cool. And I, I like the sportsmanship at the end. CM Punk defeated Darby, but he and Sting shook hands and then he helped Darby up and they shook hands. And I feel like we've got a whole goth boy friendship group here. And I like it. Future trios champions. <laughs> Get those trios going. Where's the belts? Come on. I don't know. What did you guys think? I thought it was excellent. I I really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed um, just like watching CM Punk talk and interact with the crowd. Like he has so much charisma that that's just really enjoyable. I wasn't sure how the wrestling was going to be. And I thought he did a great job and Darby did an amazing job like he normally does. So... I thought it was really entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. I was very nervous about this match because I just didn't, I I wanted him, I wanted him to have a good match. I thought it would have been really sad if he had a bad match in his first (laughs) match back and like not, and and it's not, it's it's like one of those things where it's like, if he had had a bad match, it wouldn't have been like irretrievable. It's, it's like, it would have been fine afterwards. He would have, he's just probably needed to work his way back into shape, but I'm glad that, I'm glad that he looked like his, he, he was able to hit his signature stuff and it looked pretty much as good as it always looked. And I assume that for a while, as he gets more reps in, it's just going to get better from here. So I thought this was a really good starting point for him. Yeah, I'm with you. There was like a 0.05% worry in my head of, uh-oh, he's been built up so high. What if he forgot how to rest? <laughs> but he didn't. So, yeah, that was exciting. Good for good for Phil. Welcome back, sir. Welcome back indeed. Um So yeah, yeah, that uh that that sting punk moment at the end, that was apparently that was uh that was ad-libbed. He didn't punk did not know that sting was going to come out. Oh. And and when he held his hand up to shake it, you know how like like they they paused like punk didn't take it at first. He, he said um He said afterwards, he said that, uh, he said, this means a lot to me. And, and Sting said, it means a lot to me too. And then they shook hands. There was so much good emotion in the night. The Lucha Brothers cried when they won. This uh, punk had tears in his eyes when he, you know, was leaving. And uh, Ruby, Ruby Soho, excuse me, had tears. I just feel like everybody was just so happy. Yes. Heartwarming evening. All right. 
from that we go to Paul White versus QT Marshall. <laughs> it was so unnecessary. At least it wasn't too long, but no, it was unnecessary. It was, it was literally three minutes and 11 seconds. About two minutes and 11 seconds too long, though. You know what? I enjoyed watching Paul White just shrug off QT Marshall in a way that caused him to fly through the air. It was so, like, I, I didn't oh, hate he went it. For the, when he went for the diamond cutter and just got yeah, like, pushed off. Yeah, he was just off. like, yeah. I yeah. thought, you know, his palate cleanser, it didn't overstay its welcome. And I don't mind seeing QT Marshall get beat up because I think he is a dick. So... I thought Paul White coming out there and just messing him up was fun. So I don't know how long this match was originally scheduled to go, but I do know from listening to Wrestling Observer Radio this morning that the reason it was placed in this spot between the punk match and the main event was not only not only as like kind of a come down for the audience, but also because it could be adapted to be any length they needed it to be based on how long the show was running. That makes sense. Like how long yeah. are you going to be out there killing QT? Exactly. Just adjust. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, so I don't know how long it was supposed to be originally, but that's, that's the reason it was in this spot. Okay. That makes sense. And I, you know, as I said last night, I thought it was nice that they gave Aaron solo and Mr. Freak beast an opportunity for a payday just to like step into the ring and immediately get thrown out of the ring by Paul White. You know, they were on the pay-per-view. That's payday. Good for them. Absolutely. Uh, then we, afterwards, we get our our promo with uh, Moxley backstage talking about uh, Minoru Suzuki and the match for Wednesday. Speaking of which, we also get a Malachi Black promo uh, talking about his match on Wednesday against Dustin. So that's, a, that's already a pretty big show in Cincinnati they've put together. Hell yeah. Malachi Black like, is going to kill that old man. You're, and you're going to that show, right, Megan? You're going to be our correspondent on the scene? Um, Due to COVID, no. <laughs> oh, okay. I might, like, skulk around Cincinnati beforehand and just see if anybody is out and about. Yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole, I mean, the whole crew will be there. Man. Going to market wines and just wait it out. Yeah. Yeah, you might, you might like get like Adam Cole and Britt Baker in there. Like, yeah, Finley Market. Yeah. That's a That's a cool place where the cool kids go. So that takes us to our main event AEW world title match Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage Um, Jenny what do you What do you think of this Christian Cage now After after he's been here for like six months Shocked I I had really low expectations I Really enjoyed both of his matches With Kenny I he clearly doesn't consume yeast. Um, <laughs> Looks great. So that's another way to go. Uh, <laughs> I thought this was really good. Yeah, yeah, he's tremendous. Um, I think it, it took him a little bit, bit to get going, but uh, but yeah, the two matches with Kenny and granted they are matches against Kenny and Kenny is one of the best ever. But uh, this Christian, he's you know he was always great and. He's still he's still pretty damn great. Yeah, this Christian fella, he's got what it takes, I think. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, so this was not the Hangman title shot that we we thought we were going to get. But uh, if it makes you guys feel any better at all, Tony Khan did confirm um, to Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful in the post show press event that Adam Page did request time off. 
Okay. And I think, I just think the thinking was, okay, it's a good, it would be a good idea to give him time off because his wife's going to have a baby. And also we've got all this stuff happening. Yeah. Let's, you don't really need Let's save right the big cathartic hangman title win for when it can be more focused on. Yeah. Cause if you follow that up with a, what happened on this show, that would totally take away yeah, from the you, moment. You couldn't have done it, right? Like you, you would have had to, have, you would have had to have saved that stuff off for later. Yeah, because they've got real legitimate background and beef going on. Whereas Christian, it's just kind of funny to watch him call Don Callis a carny uh, asshole. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and you know he he took that Impact title, so if he doesn't win this time and they put on a good match, it's it's just a nice way to end the evening. <laughs> Christian speared Kenny from the apron through a table at one point, and the way the table broke. The the legs that well not the legs but like the 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 base of the legs the like the you know the like the top bar of it the top the top bar yeah pierced through the table and jabbed right into Christian's ribs and I he didn't seem maybe it was just adrenaline but that carried him through the rest because he didn't seem affected by it but I sure was looking at it for the rest of the match it looked awful it had to have been a blood blister I put Christian's blood blister as one of my thorns and then I was like well that's not fair because he couldn't have counted like he didn't do it on purpose (laughs) but having to see it and him move around with it made me just I was just like please sir get some medical attention but uh I, I thought these two had another great match, like just just as just as great as their rampage match a few weeks ago. And uh, Kenny finally got the win with a one winged angel off the uh, middle turnbuckle. And uh, God bless that 47 year old man for taking that move. <laughs> he got to lay on the ground for a while, which I thought was good because <laughs> he maybe needed to like rest for a minute. But yeah, yeah. Christian. Christian's in good shape. Christian's got Very it. Yeah. Um, also, kudos to Kenny for at one point trying to do a move oh, yeah. off the rail and like slipping and hitting his butt on it. Uh, he, like a true professional, played it off perfectly. Like he just worked. He he knew everybody saw him do it. He kind of looked at the crowd and did like the shh motion as if <laughs> that would stop things. And then he turned around and he corrected his mistake i was like that's commendable if it were me i would have laid down and in a fetal position and just like been like well i've embarrassed myself i must go die now (laughs) and uh yeah so kenny retains and uh what a great show and that's and that's it that's where we went black right like that's where that's where that's where i got up i i stood up i walked up to my my radial dial television and i I clicked it, clicked it over to off, and uh, and then we all went to bed, right? And you thought, good uh, show, boys. We'll see you show, next fellas. year. Yeah. Uh, no, next. So that so the elite come out to celebrate. Even the Bucks, even they're. I'm sure they're they're sad that they don't have their tag titles, but they're happy that their friend retained. And uh, they just continue to to whoop on poor Christian. Uh, Jurassic Express run down. They get beaten down as well. Kenny gets on the microphone. He's like. Nobody can beat me for this title. Anyone who ever could is either like not here or already dead. And Jenny, that that like that sparked something in you. And because uh, we all know who's dead, we all know who's and dead. DTE Cannon, yeah, a goddamn and, ghost. And then uh, it's 
it's Adam Cole, baby, making his AEW debut. None of us expected it tonight, or no. last, last night, rather. Um, and he comes out, he's wearing a great shirt. Yeah. Says, let's say, All Elite, baby. Yeah. It's an excellent, excellent shirt. He looked, uh, he looked like he was thrilled. He got in the ring. They teased that he was going to, like, uh, help the baby faces, but then he super kicks Jungle Boy. And uh, he's reunited with the Bucks. The, they do like they do the the great uh, kiss thing that, that, that he used to do with the Bucks, where they both kiss him on the cheek, and I I just love that. I was so happy. Like part of me was just like, this doesn't make sense because they kicked him out of the Bullet Club last time they were together, and then they literally killed him. Well, that was because of Cody. Cody was jealous of their relationship with him. Okay. And he when he came out, he did the like. The guns. Does that mean Bullet Club? I always think of the Hardys with the gun fingers. <laughs> yeah, I. Oh God. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so you know, so the 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 elite that version of the elite, the super click, uh, are reunited, and everybody's just freaking out, and then uh, finally. Before Kenny Omega can can do his show closing uh, performance, the the kiss bang, we get some Wagner. We get some Wagner. We did not get <laughs> Europe, but we got I, someone from Europe. Wagner. <laughs> add this to my thorns list. I I wanted Final Countdown. Damn it. So uh, Lenny Leonard, who used to work for uh, Ring of Honor, he went on Twitter and he said that in the era when they were doing. Um, ring of honor pay-per-views um like like every three months or whatever they had reached out to europe to see about licensing the final countdown for 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 brian so they could legally use it um and they wanted fifty thousand dollars per use of the song Whoa. <laughs> i was gonna say fifty thousand dollars is chump change to tony khan come on yeah and so I, I think that might say it all about, I mean, that was, that was like 13 years ago, but, but still, I think that probably tells you about all you need to know about. Uh, <laughs> I like his Wagner. Yeah. I think I it mean, suits him better. He's a classy man. But also calm down Europe. I know at one point <laughs> that was like a cultural touchstone, but we are in the year 2021 and kids these days don't know your song. <laughs> like, Damn. So, so Brian Danielson comes out. Uh, Kenny bails. Kenny's just like, I'm not having any part of this guy. And uh, <laughs> so Danielson and uh, Jurassic Express and Christian all uh, whoop up on the rest of the elite. And uh, they're standing tall. Uh, Nick Jackson gets all wobbled in the middle of the ring and takes the flying knee from, from Danielson as the crowd just erupts in choruses of yes. And we go off the air and I... I I feel like I feel like this was this was like another one of those turning points in this mm-hmm. in this uh, industry. Yeah. Did I mean you asked is Daniel Bryan or is Brian Danielson a bigger acquisition than CM Punk? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, but I think that having both of them and having both of them come like kind of like together almost and like cumulatively, I think that is, I think that's huge. I don't think, I don't think it can be overstated how big that is for perception and for, because, because like punk is like, 
Punk is like this legendary like folk hero figure in wrestling because of what he means to you know to the fans and like what and what he did and and standing up against WWE. Brian Danielson is not that, but he is like he's like a guy who main evented WrestleMania this year. You know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> like yeah, he's is, like a little guy who made it so far yeah, in WWE. He is a recent. He is. He is. He is a current relevant superstar, uh, in a way that nobody else they've poached has been. Yeah, because I, I mean, Miro was during his like time against John Cena, but that had been like six years. You know, right, and, and Miro never made it to the main events. Mm. And Malachi Black. Yeah. He and John Cena main evented all the small pay per views for like three in a row or something like that. Okay, I don't remember it that way, but I'll take your word for it. I would argue Malachi Black should have been a huge superstar for them. I but think he, he will be in AEW. Yeah. But yeah. Now, what about versus Jericho? <clears throat> I think they're each individually are bigger than Jericho. Yeah. Or do you not agree with that? I don't know. Jericho has... he's past his prime. Jericho is past his prime. Um, but at the time AEW started... Jericho was coming off headlining the Tokyo Dome against Kenny Omega, okay, which was like, and he he was kind of like in in that like period of time where he had re- reinvented himself again, okay. And I mean that's kind of the strength of Jericho. He's just he's he reinvents himself every few years. Um, so I yeah, but I, I I think it's bigger than Jericho. I think Jericho was a great superstar to build on, and I think they really lucked into John Moxley, um, and the timing of that, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I, I don't know. They just keep adding. They haven't. They, they still haven't lost anybody. Nobody's nobody's jumped from AEW to WWE. It'll happen eventually. It will because um, it's still new. But yeah, but but right now, like it seems like all the momentum in the world is on their side. I would expect if that's going to happen, you're going to get people who are regularly on Dark and Elevation, the ones who aren't, you know, on the weekly television show, who build up. Almost like what NXT was meant to be, except it's a feeder for a different company where they they learn the skills, they get good, and then if they can't make it to the the main roster of AEW, like being on the show, I could see them being like, okay, well, thanks for the time, I'm gonna go, and I wouldn't even like I I wouldn't blame them, but I think at that's the level WWE could entice somebody over to say we'll put you on the main roster here because. I don't really see the benefit outside of that. Like AEW sounds like you're so free to build your own character, to make creative decisions in a way that you're not at WWE. But if you're on the lower end, of like the lower tier of the talent, then the promise of being on television on a weekly basis is probably enough to lure you away. I just don't, I just don't see anything else that would, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. There are people like, like I saw somebody online say like, like I, I can't imagine how fast Adam Cole picked up or Adam Page picked up the phone to call Vince McMahon after he saw this, and I'm just like, you don't fucking get it. Like, yes. like this is this is actually good for Adam Page. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's, st- he's, he's still gonna he's still gonna beat next, Kenny Omega. Yeah, yeah. Then he's gonna have all of this talent to make him look even better. You yeah. know, I I think where they're still really lacking is the women's division. They've got to focus on that now. They've got all this talent on the male side. It's like you gotta, you can't have the whole package unless you get the weakest part of your division in a better spot. I think at this point, though, it's not the talent in the women's division that's the It's problem. not. It's the usage. Because, like, 
to see Riho just tossed out of the ring. Yeah. And, and even we like, haven't seen Sheeta since May. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and Sheeta, who is our former women's champ, just to be in that battle royal. And like neither Riho or Sheeta made it very far beyond when yeah. they entered. <laughs> like, why aren't they having matches on TV for, I don't know, not the belt? You know, what? where are just the beefs? We get a lot of men's beef. Where are the women beef? Yeah, exactly. That's it's Megan. I totally agree. It is not. It's not the talent now. They have they have enough talent now. They're not telling the stories. They're not utilizing the talent. They're not even putting them on TV. No, it's like, where's Kip Sabian? Because he was the only excuse to get Penelope on TV, I think. And I don't she ha- has merits of her own. And I just I don't understand why they're not using the talented ladies that they have. Yeah, the yeah, you're right. You guys are right, obviously. Like the um there needs to be more focus on the women. You can't have the best company in the world and have one part of your company just not at the same elevation as the other part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's talk a little bit about kind of the news that came out of the show. There was, I haven't gotten to listen to this yet. I really want to listen to it. Um, but uh, there was like, they did the post show, like press scrum, and they did like their interviews with CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, or Brian Daniels. I mean, that's, that's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I reflexively say Daniel Bryan too. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brian Danielson and, uh, and uh, Adam Cole. But uh, in the closing the show thing, um, Brian Danielson, you know, he was, he got to be the one to like basically say goodnight to the fans last night after Aww. the cameras went off the air. And, and he, he just had a couple of quotes that people, uh, noted here. Uh, he said, there's some people around here who call themselves elite. I'm going to be here. To, I'm here to see if they truly are. Uh, and he said, I am a wrestler. I never left wrestling. I took wrestling everywhere. I went, I said wrestling when I wasn't supposed to say wrestling. And now I'm here to goddamn wrestle. And uh, he closed out by saying, so AEW, let's fucking go. Oh, I like that he leaves WWE and he gets real sweary all of a sudden. I was going to say, like, does he cur- I don't even think I've heard him curse on uh I've never Bella heard him show. curse on Total Bellas. <laughs> uh, Tony Khan tweeted out afterwards, uh, thank you to everyone who's ordered AEW All Out and made it the most watched AEW pay-per-view ever. Thank you, everyone who attended the show. If you haven't seen it, please consider ordering the pay-per-view. It's ignited the passion of wrestling fans worldwide. Thank you for all making it possible. Uh, yeah, so the stories afterwards in the press kind of uh, thing. Uh, they were asking Brian Danielson about his decision-making. And I'm going to read from the Bleacher Report uh, article here. Uh, Brian Danielson is remaining diplomatic about his former employer after signing with All Elite Wrestling. Uh, speaking to reporters after the show, the 40-year-old uh, discussed one of the reasons that caused him to leave WWE following a wildly successful run with the promotion. And he says, but the final decision, honestly, was just like, I started thinking about things. WWE was so gracious with me as far as the offer they gave me. They were going to let me go do other stuff on the outside, but I hate to say this. Vince sometimes, he and I have a great relationship. I love him. I do. Sometimes he's overprotective of me. I want to be able to push my limits. That's one of the things that I love about this. It's like the physicality of what we do out there and being able to push my limits and being able to do that here in a safe manner is one of the things that really drew me here. So 
I mean, it's interesting that apparently they were going to let him go do sounds. I mean, that sounds like they were going to let him work other companies mm-hmm. like while under WWE contract, which is funny that they would like make that kind of deal, but they weren't going to let Adam Cole keep his Twitch I was just <laughs> thinking like, just let him fucking Twitch stream. That's a bridge too far. <laughs> <laughs> wow maybe they were gonna let him go work but they were gonna take a percentage oh i'm sure they were gonna take a percentage yeah. <laughs> um, That's so, so that was another way for them to make money not lose money <laughs> yeah and then uh adam cole uh, this is also from bleach report uh the former nxt champion told reporters he was surprised mm-hmm. to see his wwe contract expire when it did he says yeah so funny enough believe it or not i was also surprised I was under the impression that it was like six months later. So it was a surprise to me. It was a surprise to them. It was public knowledge for a lot of people that I had signed a little extension. I was in the middle of a really serious angle with Kyle O'Reilly, which was very important to me. He's one of my best friends in the entire world. Then after that is when stuff kind of opened up for me, but very surprising to me. (laughs) So it sounds like nobody there has any fucking idea what's going on with their contracts. I was going to say Adam Cole, know when his contracts up. Okay. Because WWE does weird shit where, They'll like freeze your contract when you get injured and, and like, oh. and then, and then, you know, you don't know exactly Have when you're unfrozen. I mean, he, I, I don't, I don't know, but that's, that, that's one of the things they do. So, um, yeah. it feels sketchy that they wouldn't make it very clear to him if that, like, if and when that's happening for anybody, really, not just him, but yeah, I, I know Dan O'Brien, I know Dan O'Brien was surprised by that one time. Like, so. don't you have to tell? the person under contract when they're, you know, when their time that they're working for you is paused or not. Does that so. also mean that they weren't getting paid during that time? No, he, he, you get paid. It's just like the term of your contract is frozen. Like, like, you know, like basically time stops coming off of your contract. You get paid, but they get their money back in the amount of extra time you're working because you, you don't get to like have a break basically. That's, that's really weird and seems like semi illegal. I I don't know. It feels like you should have to alert people, but then also it sounds like whatever department is handling contracts and administration really is not on their game because like Malachi Black's contract, they they I mean, screwed up and gave him thirty days, um, like only thirty days of non compete instead of the ninety that is standard. Yeah. And he it's even cert- wrote back to them and was like, "Is this a mistake?" And they're like, "No." It's certainly what? not run by Mega. It's not run by <laughs> Mega Correct. It was, in fact, run by Mark Carano, who no longer works there. So, Well, there you go. Uh, also, this is from the Observer website. Uh, making the decision was a fairly easy one. That's how Adam Cole described his choice to join AEW as he spoke to the media at the post-all-out scrum. Uh, Cole said, when you think about where I was... That was my dream since I was nine years old, but I knew in my heart pretty early on that I wanted to come here. It was no knock whatsoever on them, WWE. I had a very excellent four-year experience, but I wanted to come back and work with a crew who I love being around 24-7, a crew that is just as passionate about pro wrestling that I am, and fans that feel the exact same way that we do. Um, but yeah, so, and he said uh, he did confirm that he met with Vince McMahon prior to leaving WWE, uh, he said the talk went great. We had a really, really good conversation about a lot of different things. I had no bad experience with him whatsoever. 
But he just and couldn't let you have that Twitch channel. <laughs> Cole also addressed the future of his Twitch channel in response to a question about knowing he won't have to give up his channel, as he presumably would have had he stayed with WWE. Cole confirmed that it was important to him. It's incredibly important to me. Twitch was sort of something I started over the pandemic and wanted to do for a long time, but hadn't really taken the time to teach myself. Initially, I really did do it just because I really like video games. But then what started from the Twitch stream was this community of people that would all come together and literally share that passion over video games. I've gotten so many messages from people who are going through a really, really rough time. And the only thing they looked forward to at those, that time were those streams. I feel a connection with a lot of those people. I know a lot of them by name. Social media can be a really nasty place sometimes. and There is none, not, none of that in the Twitch streams. So I adore doing that. I'm happy I'm still doing it. I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. How much does he make on his Twitch a month? I don't know. Well, you were able to look up pages. I mean, Paige, if Paige is making, what was it, like forty to 50000 I bet Adam Cole is making at least that. I month. mean, no, he doesn't or, have her boobs. Yeah. Well, Not no, but. Hot, hot girls are going to make a lot more on That's on true. Twitch. That's true. But also, I thought he had the power of, knows. like. <laughs> I thought he had the power of um, guests. You know, like his Twitch channel also featured all the people he worked with, right? No, no, that's that was that's up, up, down, down's uh, channel, oh. which is which is owned now by WWE. Oh, okay. Well, then any, I take that any back. Any monetization that comes from that goes straight to WWE. Wow. Okay. I mean, I know the power of Paige's boobs, but I also thought like just the fact that you could see multiple superstars playing games together would draw a level of audience as well. But yeah, I mean, up, up, down, down probably makes more than page but probably but but i don't think adam cole on his own would yeah but i also it, i cannot get over the fact that wwe like so desperate to take part of the earnings doesn't understand the the non-monetary value of allowing their talent to interact with communities and how that brings in viewers and yep. ultimately money elsewhere like revenue elsewhere you yep. don't need to take a cut of that base twitch stuff when you could be seeing a bump in t-shirt sales or ticket sales or viewership. It's like if you let them connect with the audience, you'll get your money and you have so much money. <laughs> like, calm down. The weirdest thing about it was that like they they told everyone to stop. And I thought like, okay, well that sucks. But I, I guess I kind of understand if they if they want to get in this space themselves and like run it all. But then they never did it. They just told everyone to stop and then they never actually introduced anything for like for for uh you know for streaming. It's it was so weird. That's really it's, bizarre cuz then you're not even letting the people make like a percentage yeah, of exactly. you know. Yeah. It's just, almost like you don't want them to have outside opportunities that could let them leave you. Yeah, yeah. Need be kind of like financial abuse in abusive relationships. Yeah. Hmm. Weird. Uh, Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson, uh, also said, uh, afterwards, he said that, uh, there was no one tipping point that led to his decision to leave WWE, but he pointed out, uh, AEW's Brody Lee tribute show is one of the first things that got him thinking of making a move to AEW. Do you think, I think it was probably Total Bell is getting canceled. I don't know. Uh, that would have been like the final tipping point because I'm sure he doesn't want to hurt Bree's business. Right. In response to a question about the possibility of his wife Bree Bella joining AEW, Danielson downplayed the possibility. He said that would be very <laughs> difficult. 
it was hard for me to go because I have so many ties within WWE. She's happy there. She has so many business connections there. So I don't know. When he uh, says that, how is Bree still quote unquote there? Like just the possibility of ever coming back. I mean, she doesn't work directly with them, right? At I the don't moment. think so. She might be they, the Bellas might, they might be on like, like one of those like legends deals where you are like, kind of like a brand ambassador. Um, they wouldn't let Nikki go to SummerSlam. I know that's weird. Yeah. Uh, he also said uh, he addressed the possibility of not leading his signature yes chance as he wants to make certain that doing so would not in any way be a snub to WWE. He says, I respect the people that I have worked for before and their intellectual property. The fans doing it is great, but I'm not sure if I'm going to do it. What a respectful young man. Probably he's probably just getting legal clearance. I mean, the crowds are going to do it regardless of whether he does. So he's getting it benefits both ways. <laughs> so I don't know, guys. I mean, this is gonna be a tough act to follow in November. Hell yeah. yeah. We got to, we got to open all our Christmas presents last night. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. I, and man. I was excited and happy, and I don't even care that I don't have to wait for Adam Cole to show up. I thought the way they did it was brilliant because I was worried that um, Daniel Bryan was going to, sorry, Bryan Danielson, was going to overshadow Adam Cole, but they tied it all together, and I I thought it worked really well. And uh, the Bella Twins did react to uh, Bryan being being on the show as uh, Brie wrote on her Instagram stories, so proud and so happy. Love you, sweet face. And Nikki uh, posted a clip of the segments of him running in and and helping and uh, said, I totally have a badass for a brother-in-law. Welcome back to the ring. Aw. That's so nice. Yeah. I also saw that AJ Lee posted, like, like on Danielson's, uh, like, return... She on her story, she wrote like, "Is Kane gonna show up next?" <laughs> <laughs> In some ways, I just want them to go to therapy together again for us yeah. to watch. <laughs> but I think finally, I think that's about it. I do have uh, one question, and yes, no ma'am. offense, Jenny, but I'm gonna direct it at Andy, who has the wrestling history to work off of. We've only seen CM Punk around in chicago as far as like major events his debut and this pay-per-view the crowds are wild the crowds respond to him he basically talks to them in the ring do you think it's going to be that hot like hot and hyped up if you go to other places and jenny you can answer i didn't mean to downplay you but i just historically andy has like a million years of stuff to go off of we did see him in wisconsin though which i know is close to chicago but they were just as hyped for him in Wisconsin as Chicago. But I'll let Andy answer. Um, I think that I think the first time in every market, those fans are going to be so excited to see him that it's going to be the same kind of reaction. Okay. I, eventually, I it'll, eventually it'll just become normal, and he'll just be like a very popular wrestler. But like, I think I think we'll get some more of these like rapturous reactions as these other cities get to finally have their time with him i mean it's not like Britt baker in pittsburgh you know like 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 he's really famous yeah it's bigger than that super famous yeah yeah oh totally i just mean like 
obviously the Chicago crowd is going to be just dying to see him and love him. I don't think anywhere else is going to be like, oh, CM Punk, whatever, weird. I just was wondering, like, if we're going to get the same level. Because, like, when I, I just remember the moment Tony was trying to ask him a question in the ring. And he's like, sorry, Tony, I can't hear you <laughs> because they were so hyped for him. Uh, I'm just. But that was in Wisconsin. Was that in Wisconsin? I thought that was in their Chicago one. No, that was in Chicago. No, because that he didn't do an interview. Oh, you're right. The interview yeah. was in Wisconsin. That's right. It was, it was in Milwaukee. Oh. That's right. Yeah. Because that was his second. Good job. Good call. All right. Jenny, I should have asked you directly. I'm sorry to have uh, implied you didn't know. Well, Milwaukee just... is not very far from Chicago, so. True, true. I, I mean, I am pro CM Punk, and I hope he gets the love from everywhere else. I was just wondering if, like, if this is the height, like, this is the pinnacle of it, and that it's, you know, people will still love him, but Chicago is going to love him. Either yes. way, I mean, we've got CM Punk, and we've got Brian Danielson. Oh. I think he'll be very popular in Cincinnati in, in two nights from now. I just oh, can't yeah. wait until I get my Nikki. That's yeah. who I really want. I know. I know. Yeah. We're only a couple degrees of separation away from her. I'm, like, getting closer. Yeah. And, you know, like, I could definitely see Nikki Cross making that move. Yeah, when the time comes. I mean, WWE lets people go at the drop of a hat, it seems like, so we'll see. Well, uh, we are going to get out of here. We have uh, we've taken up enough of your time today and uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope that we weren't too uh, fawning in our praise of the show, but uh, some of us had real thorns. Yeah. Yeah. Some of us had real thorns. Some of us failed at thorns. But uh, for Megan and for Jenny, I'm Andy, and thanks for listening to this week's edition of The Elite. Well, not this week's. We'll be back later this week. Yeah. But thanks for listening to an edition of The Elite Beat. E, Elite Beat. E, E, Elite Beat.